Triple H. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good evening and welcome to episode 286 of the HHH Racing Podcast. It is our Travers Stakes Day preview. We are so excited to talk about Travers Day this Saturday at Saratoga. What a fantastic card they have and what a show with several surprises we have for you tonight. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button on the bottom right hand side of the screen. After you do that, you know the drill. Hit that notification bell so that you know when new content will rise and smash that like button. We'd really appreciate that. It'll send people to our channel. You can follow me on Twitter. You can see my name tag, at hkravitz, and scrolling on the bottom of the screen is my email, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. Also scrolling on the bottom of the screen, we have two more shows this week. We have Saratoga Today, Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, half an hour earlier. Mark your calendars. We'll be talking about the early pick five on Saturday and also review the Travers or preview the Travers stakes. And then Sunday, Saratoga today at our regular time, 1030 a.m. Eastern. Of course, you can listen to us on Apple, Pod- uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Power picks, they're still excellent. Look below the video player. We have regular power picks only on the Saturdays. We'll also have weekend only Saratoga power picks uh there's only one more weekend left after this weekend you have to sign up for that monday through thursday midnight so if you hear this after thursday midnight uh you're not gonna be able to subscribe for this weekend but you can always subscribe for our last weekend including labor day on i believe it's september 3rd i believe is the date september 4th excuse me on that monday you can sign up for that on our fantastic website hhhracingpodcast.com before I bring on our wonderful co-host, let's do a little uh, bit of business here, a little administrative items. Adelphi Racing. Adelphi Racing is a great sponsor of this program. Uh, they have been a big supporter of the show really from the beginning, and they've started out my career as a horse owner, so I really appreciate them. Let's hear a quick announcement from the Adelphi Racing Club. Adelphi Racing Club, offering a truly personal thoroughbred ownership experience. You'll have a lot of fun and excitement, and uh, and you'll meet some great, great people. All the folks I've met so far at Adelphi have just been super, and uh, I've picked up some new friendships, uh, friendships along the way. We're not just a syndicate, and our members aren't just investors. We are partners. Contact us online to get a taste of the Adelphi difference. Adelphi is fantastic. Thank you, Adelphi Racing Club. They have two runners actually scheduled on Sunday, both of which I have partial ownership of. And then Certified Loverboy, a horse uh, that won. I also have partial ownership of that horse. The one horse that is won at Saratoga, it's very hard to win there. I just want to let everyone know that I did receive something in the mail today that I'm very happy to share with everyone. You'll see it right here on the screen coming up uh nope you won't see it on the screen okay i will i will show it another way there sorry about that let me bring up another screen here we go uh i received this in the mail today oh we're having there we go received that in the mail today certified lover boy a nice big plaque thank you adelphi racing club 
Thank you, Ray Handel, Dylan Davis, certified lover boy. Very cool that they were able to deliver that to me. All right, speaking of delivering, we got a lot of things to talk about. We got a six, that's right, six grade ones to discuss on this show. I cannot think of anyone better to do it with. Let's bring in, fresh from Disneyland, I believe, in California, he's back from the great state of Maryland, Mr. Pete Visco, and from the Saratoga Special and the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And Paul, I'm repping it tonight, as you can see, we got to do it. Paul Howard, we both got it. Guys, how are we doing tonight? Uh, good. I'm trying to dry out, Howard. I am in uh, rainy Saratoga. Well, it, it, you know, it didn't rain for quite a while, and then the, the deluge came at the end of the card. Yeah, oh, well. forget it. It's I just drove back here. It's it's uh, poor. It, yeah, forget forget yeah. turf tomorrow. Yeah, you are in Saratoga Springs, in case people can't, couldn't uh, decipher that. I am, Howard. The things I do for this show, Howard, I was sitting at the bar at Nove with a pizza and a drink in front of me, and I had to pull myself away. I did have a few pieces of pizza first and tore myself away to hustle back here for the HHH Racing Podcast. Pete, we are, we are touched. We are so in debt. Trust me, I could have stayed there another three or four hours, no problem. I had I that, I, I had that pizza when I was there. It was it was delicious. Although oh, I did have Pete. I did have a lot of beers first, so probably anything would have been well, delicious. I, I did point, stop. But... I did stop on the way home to bring I a like refreshment it. home. Oh, I have to make one oh, quick comment. I've been boozing action. You know, uh, I, was, I was in a good mood until I see that my two co-hosts have these lovely Saratoga special hats, and I do not. So that's oh, all. I just Pete, wanted to throw done. that in. Pete, done, done. <laughs> Consider it done. It'll be Thank done you. tomorrow. I love you. You know that. We got It'll be in the mail when I get home on Monday. <laughs> Thank you. All the regulars are here, and then some: Christine Race, Raymond Cromley. We got uh, Charles B, Michael Austin. We got all the great people here. Sylvain is here. I mean, oh, look who's here. Matt Miller is here. I'll echo the positive sentiments on Adelphi. They make it terrific fun to be the friend. <laughs> Of an owner, too. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate that. Matt was in that winner's circle picture as well. So Gabriel Espinoza is here. Uh, wonderful, Gabriel. How you doing? Richard Avalar is here. Everyone's thank you, Richard, for a certified lover boy, who's running next weekend, by the way, guys, at least scheduled to run next weekend in N1X, which at Saratoga, those are very difficult, but he ran great to break his mate. Guys, uh, we got a lot to talk about. Pete, hope you had a great trip. I know you uh, sent some, uh, you know, some pictures and whatnot. It was had a fantastic time. Back to the grind. Is Jackson started school, by the way? Last question before we start handicapping. Monday. We had a little orientation today. Is his? Uh, he's starting middle schools. He learned how to open a locker for the first time. And he already, him and his friend already found the girl they both like. So it's all starting off beautiful. So Game on, good. Pete. It's Game on. That's, all, that's what I told him. I said, your friendship might be ending pretty soon already. I would say that story was great until you said they both found the same girl. That could be an issue. Well, you know, you know, Don't they, work they, that they out. had there weren't that many. They, it's their that's their initial dive into the female pool. So it's you know they'll learn, to, Pete. They'll learn. They'll learn. They'll learn. All right. <laughs> what what better teacher to have than their father, Pete? That showed, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think my wife would agree with that sentiment, but yeah. Sure. All right. Well, anyway, guys, we got six great ones to talk about, and then we have some surprises. I think you know what's coming on later on the show. I don't want to say who's coming on, but it's going to be. A lot of fun. So let's jump right in. The first race we're going to talk about of the sequence, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, stop sharing and go ahead and switch. We're going to talk about race seven first. Now, race seven, they've got six grade ones, guys, uh, on uh, Saturday. Sorry. One of the grade ones is outside of 
excuse me, five grade ones. One of the grade ones is outside of the pick five that ends in the Travers. And that is the pick five that we're going to be talking about. But before we talk about that pick five, guys, we got the forego. Let's talk about that. Here's the forego. Grade one, of course, small field of five. It's the matchup between Elite Power and Gunite, half a million dollars. They're going seven furlongs this time. Elite Power is one to two. Let me go ahead and take off the banner and put the banners on for race seven. Will Howard finally pick Elite Power on top, or will he stay with Gunite? I'm a stubborn effort, guys. <laughs> I am stubborn, but I've got my reasons. Uh, Paul, let's go to you first. You're going with Elite Power. What is there to say? Not much. He's just amazing. One to two morning line. Yeah, you know, I looked at the race, Howard, and I say I'm a broken record. The inclination is always to try to, you know, especially up here. Uh, you know, we saw it today, by the way. Hats off to Paul for having a small win bet on the 29 to 1 in the stakes race today. Ooh, Please beat nice. the three, beat the three chat. A race that I was, I'm covering, too, by the way. I get to write about it. It'll be oh, finally oh. It'll be a happy story. And a lot of Jets action today, huh? Every Jets, just a little bit. Um, just yeah, like you predicted, she would she would close, right? Just like you predicted. Yeah, exactly. What the yeah, hell? Yeah. Anyway. yeah, well, I, I, it became clear that they weren't thrilled with the ride last time. Manny, I'll tell you, Manny for a pickup mount, he saved every inch of ground in that race. But anyway, yeah, I, you know, even up here, I mean, you know, Pipeline is, is the horse that kind of set it up for Cody's wish to win the race last year. She really uh, – he really went at Jackie's Warrior in that race last year. And, you know, he really hasn't been the same since, to be honest with you. I, I don't, you know, High Oak under Katie Davis, uh, New Life under Katie Davis, ran a monster second last time. That was an optional claimer. Uh, I think if you could get even money on this exact that you just go punch it as many times till the, till the, uh, till the teller gets carpal tunnel syndrome. <laughs> Uh, Pete, you're you've got three two also. I mean, there's not a lot of options here. Um, your thoughts? Any? Obviously, you don't think Gunite's going to turn the tables, so I'd I'd ask you how that might happen. I have one. I have two ways that might happen, but uh, you're going with Elite Power. He's just awesome. It's not much. Yeah, no, it's not, and it, it's not in any slight to Gunite or or thought that Gunite yeah. can't win the race. I mean, I think Gunite will run a pretty similar race to last time and gun will have the jump and elite power is going to try and run them down. And we're going to see if that happens. It's just elite power seems to know where the wire is and always seems to find it. So until someone beats him at that, I'm going to keep sticking with him. Look, I totally get it. There's two things I want to bring up to everyone. And obviously elite power is the horse to beat. And guys, I'm not picking elite power Saturday, but I'll tell you what, a little over two months from now when I'm sitting with Paul and, all the whole BCBC crew, and hopefully have I, I have accrued a nice bankroll going to last race, I will probably not be afraid just to go all in on elite power. That being said, this is not the Breeders' Cup, and Gunite, guys, to me, uh, has a pace advantage here, even more so than last time. Remember last time Dean Delivers took the lead, who was a pretty decent horse, and I thought Gunite had to work a little bit for it to get by. I, he doesn't have to work to get by anyone here to begin the race, unless Pipeline just puts a lot of pressure on him, which I don't see. The other thing, I don't know if you guys saw this. I think you guys know I'm not a big weight guy. There is a six-pound difference here. I'm not sure why Gunite only has 118 and Elite Power is 124. That did 
that did come to mind. And guys, you know what? If we're talking about half a length, nose, neck, whatever, I don't know. That could make a small difference. I think it's at least worth mentioning, guys. Non-winner of a grade one or a grade two since September 1st of last year. Two pounds for a grade one and four pounds for a grade two. I mean, it's, usually I don't look at weight guys at all. And yeah. if I do, it's, no, it's, that's a, legit. it's a route race. But that is a little bit interesting, no? Yeah, yeah guy. Sure. Hey, look, the guy is the real deal. <laughs> he yeah. is he is the real deal. And, uh, you know, he, he ran a 108 last time, the same as Elite Power, you know. So, I mean, it's, you know, but again, we'll talk about this. It's out of the pick five, but if you're playing the pick six, yes, you know, if you're playing Caveman, you might want to pick one, folks. It's really yeah. not efficient to, to pick both. So to clarify, there's a dollar pick six on Saturday only races seven through twelve. There's also a twenty cent all yeah, grade one yeah. two day pick six. This race would be the second leg of the two day twenty cent pick six for clarification, and the first leg of the one dollar pick six on Saturday. Just for clarification, uh, let's go ahead. Any other final thoughts, Pete? Before no, no, right. move on. Let, let's go on to the pick five, guys. Uh, pick five. Starts in race eight, ends in the Travers. There is another pick five, I believe. That's nine through 13. We're not going to talk about race 13. This is the all stakes, all, excuse me. It's not all grade one. It's four grade ones other than this first leg. You see our picks on the screen here for race eight. That starts, uh, excuse me, that will start the uh, pick five here. It is an allowance race on turf and a, an extremely difficult one. How about a $149,500 purse, five and a half furlongs allowance. It's a field of 12. There's an also eligible, the 13 and three MTOs. Guys, we'll talk about the weather situation in a second. Moyline favorite, assuming the race holds together, is the number 12. Southern Horse, Argentine bred, David Jacobson, and Irad. Now, before I go ahead and, well, I actually just brought up the PPs, but... Pete, you have the seven first, but let's just talk really quickly. Uh, and, Paul, you obviously mentioned it. Rain's the end of the card today. It doesn't look good for tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to guess, and this is a complete guess on my part, Pete and Paul, that this race we're talking about is going to be off the turf. Just a guess. We'll we'll handicap it tonight for on the turf. I'll give a few opinions off the turf, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, Pete, you're going with the seven. I'm assuming you handicapped you handicapped this for turf, correct, Pete? Yep. Okay, you're going to the seven in this race, and that is Acoustic Avenue, eight to one more line for Christoph Clement and Franco. Yeah, this race I I, I didn't like at all. As you'll, I mean, if we looked at our, our pick five tickets, I think I went seven deep in this leg, so I I didn't have a ton of confidence. What I liked with this one, I was looking for a price because I thought I had some knocks on the on the favorites. But his first time turf, but he tried to get on the turf last time and it was sloppy and, and it got taken off. So at least there was a little bit of intent. And that was in the quick call, which was a decent, you know, that was a decent race. It was a decent field with the turf horses that were supposed to be in there. And I thought there was enough turf in the pedigree um, sprinting specifically that I was comfortable with this horse making the move. Christophe Clement, 24% win, 61% in the money, first-time turf in sprints if you drop all the first-time starters and stuff. And I just think this one's tactical enough. He can sit off. He's been in stakes races, even though they've been state-bred. It's still, at least he's been in some pretty solid company and has been running well. And I just think if in a race where I don't like the favorites and I don't really, and I, I'm going so deep, I figure let me take a shot with a price on top. 
Nothing wrong with going a fresh face here. And Paul. And first time Lasix, by the way. Sorry, that was one other. You know, that see if that even moves him up a little bit more. And Paul, someone agrees he's got this horse uh, second. Pete, you've got the four very quickly in second. Then we'll go to Paul. Talking Pharaoh, um, raced on turf, second start uh, in his career. Didn't run well, but it was extremely fast paced and certainly is bred to handle the turf a little bit and is is sort of the fresh facer. I've got this horse third. I think this horse is interesting on either surface, actually. Yeah, me too. And I, I mean, again, speed speed sometimes kills, especially on the turf. This is a $260,000 horse, so it wasn't like this horse wasn't wasn't decently well men. It's bred. American pharaohs can run on, on either surface. Linda Rice, you know, she's been bringing horses up. This horse, obviously, the last two were pretty comfortable wins. Not necessarily the best fields in the world, but still doing it well. Like we always say, if you're going to beat a field that's not that great, beat it like it's not that great. And 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 he did that. And again, there's just speed. The buyers are improving. If, if that's what you look at, the time forms are sort of in line with that progression too. And again, I just wouldn't mind having a horse that might be on the top and most likely will be on the top and can take this, this one the route. Rice Ortiz had a funny stat, two for 24 turf sprints in the past one year. That shook me a little bit, but again, in a race run, potentially going up to seven deep on my ticket, you know, I'll, again, I'll take the shot with the speed because I hate losing to the speed. Yeah. And I, I'm going actually deeper. Believe Are you not. going deeper? I, okay. Nice. I, I'm telling you, this race is, this race could be highly flammable. Oh, wait, highly <laughs> flammable is Paul's top pick. This is a horse. That can close. You know what, Paul? I looked. I've got. I'm using this horse. I'm using almost everyone. Not a lot of horse look like they can pass. This one can. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not so sure uh, he's going to be as far back as last time either, Howard. I, I like the angle coming off the the match buyer tops. That was a big angle of the late great Dave uh, Litvin uh, of the uh, Daily Racing Form. Um, yeah, I mean. Uh, Coming off the starter allowance win, he just missed almost one two in a row, just missed by a neck the race before. And, yeah, I agree with you, Howard. He did come from way behind last time, but I'm not so sure he's going to be quite that far back. I'm with you guys, though. I think this is a uh, I think this is a wide-open race, uh, and I would also be in probably an ABC-type setup, probably very spread out. Hey yeah, Paul, I, he couldn't he couldn't beat the great Dracone three races back though. I know that. That's much. right. Who? How? <laughs> you know, it's funny. You mentioned your horse is running on the last weekend. Yes. Sir. In a non one X. Yes. I think Dracone's in a non one X on the last oh, weekend. Oh, no. that, that would be. Well, oh, but well. Here's the good thing for both of us: Certified Loverboy is going to be in a dirt race. So. Oh, okay. He's a, he's a right. dirt horse. Well, no, now, now, now he is. <laughs> well, I think we're keeping my dirt. I'm pretty sure I've, I've been. Well, busy. after the last time, but I mean, wasn't that an off the turf last time? Yes, it wasn't off the turf. I think we're going to keep him on dirt now. So he ran too well. But yeah, that would be that would be fun at some point. I'm going with Southern Horse, guys. And I have to say, uh, first of all, I didn't see the Morning Lines before I made my picks. I would almost never pick an eight year old um, who's seven to two who's coming off a layoff. But. As you guys know, David Jacobson's got some kind of hmm, a potion, shall we say, sometimes, <laughs> and, and uh, does well with older horse. This horse got a ton of back class. There's a lot of speed in this race. He can pass. Um, he's got Irad. I think the fact that Irad jumps on guys 
is a big tell for me. And I know it's going to lower his price, but I mean, if it was someone else, another jockey, I wouldn't take this horse nearly as serious. I have to be honest. But the fact that I read's riding for David Jacobson, I mean, there's something there, guys. And the other horse I've gotten second is the number 10, Extendo, who's one of those kind of fresh faces, who's only a three-year-old. I have no idea if this horse can get the lead or get the distance in a good field. I know he ran a massive zero buyer last time, guys, but toss that out. That was I think he'll improve. I think he'll improve. I think there is a pretty good chance. I'm looking at a three or four buyer this time. I'm at three or four. You maybe. know what, guys, in a race? No, Pete, he's in double digits. Double easy, digit. okay. Easy. I like it. It's a huge field. I want someone who's got a lot of speed. If this horse can outbreak the field and get the lead, there's worse horses I think you can have, guys, in this kind of race. He's got some big numbers. He's only three. I respect Carlos David. I don't know. It's a bit of a flyer, but I don't trust a lot of horses in this race, so I'm using a ton. Uh, let, let's go on to the next race, guys. You know, we got a lot of things to uh, discuss there. Let me do this. Let me do this. And let me go ahead and put up our banners for race nine. Uh, and by the way, I didn't say my dirt, I should say, if it's switched to dirt, I don't know who's going to be in the race, of course, but I would go 4-15-16 in race eight. Let me repeat that for everyone. I didn't ask Pete and Paul for their dirt picks. I don't want to confuse people. But again, if race eight is on the dirt and the entries are the way I think they are, I'm going with that four on top, Pete. I'm going 4-15-16 if it's on the dirt. Let's you can see. you can single the sixteen if it's on the dirt. Okay, save yourself some time. Defuski is coming back in a week, Paul. It's weird. It's only five and a half furlongs, so he doesn't have to run that I think, far. I think I think Farrell might have something to save for that early lead, Bo. But anyway, we'll uh, we'll move on. Defuski Island, the sixteen, will be the big favorite. There's our picks on the bottom of the screen for race night. This this might be the rest, best race of the day, guys, other than the Travers. The Jerkins, wow, what a race this is. Guys, let me put it up on the screen. Seven furlongs, of course, for three-year-olds. Uh, grade one, half a million dollars. A field of six, small field, but wow, what a field. The favorite, slight favorite, the number six, Arabian Lion. Baffert's got two. He's also got Fort Bragg. We know New York Thunder uh, wrote an actual, uh, ran a hole in the wind. And Pete and Paul. Wow, uh, not going with uh, Patrick Kunzel is not going to be very happy with Pete and Paul. Patrick Kunzel of Ben Boozen, who tipped out New York Thunder. These guys have New York Thunder nowhere, complete non-believers. Let's go to you, Pete, first, because you have the same horse I have, Arabian Lion from the outside for Baffert. Yeah, this race is awesome, though. Yeah, you you, yep. you said that right. This one is fantastic. I think it's wide open. I think there's four horses that could logically win the race. And I, I mean, even the other ones are really good, but I don't think they could beat the top four necessarily. This is just sort of a, I, I mean, I don't even have to handicap the race. I just sort of know I like Arabian Lion. I think this one has a ton of upside sprinting. And I think he was good enough going longer. And we always say there's horses that you think should be doing something that they're supposed to be doing. Sorry, Patrick's Patrick. Shaking his head. Hey, Patrick, you caught the horse at the right time. You don't want to catch him now at five to two. So you Ooh. caught him. You caught him at the beautiful odds. No, I'm, I'm with Patrick. I'm, he caught him at the right time. Like, what do they say? Wedding funeral kind of crap like uh, that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I just think Arabian Lion, now that he's back to sprinting, I think just might be phenomenal. And I like the fact that he could sit off. So if New York Thunder does, hopefully Drew's gold 
actually goes a little bit this time from the rail. One in Vermillion has some speed. So if they can at least contest the pace up front a little bit, I think it sets up for Arabian Lion to sit right off of them. Uh, Pete, well, first of all, Drew's gold is coming back quick. I just, I don't know if he's fast enough for the, he doesn't break rate. That's the problem. Yeah. And New York Thunder is just so damn fast. One in Vermillion. How about the Canterbury horse that we saw in person or I saw in person? You were part of that show. Uh, definitely dirt is his thing. Um, he's interesting on the turn back, but this is an awfully tough spot. I, I have to say, well, I'll tell you what, I'll let Paul go first before I give my strong opinions. You've got the other Baffert in second, Fort Bragg, who ran huge against Saudi Crown, Pete. And Saudi Crown flattered his form when he almost beat your buddy Forte. So Fort Bragg is definitely a player in this race. I mean, once he's back in the Baffert barn, he comes out and he, he runs that fantastic race, beating Saudi Crown. And like you said, is is it looks like he's gonna he could be something. And does it with a with a huge 106 buyer, 122 time form. So a little less maybe on the time form scale. But he's just been he's another one that once you started cutting him back a bit, he's been fantastic. So Peter about what are <laughs> well, you know, Patrick, I'm pissed because you had the win bet on White Obario and I didn't. So I'm still a little grumpy about that. So, you know, it, it's it's all love here. Don't worry about it. But yeah, Nick I think Feldman, for- by the way, thinks Drew Gold has been running into the ground will be a non-factor. It's hard for me to disagree with that, Nick. Nick, thanks for joining the show, by the way. I had a chance to meet him when we were at Saratoga. Uh, great guy, excellent handicapper. I, I sort of agree with Nick, but, you know, we'll have to see. Sorry, I'll let you finish. I no, no, it. that's fine. I mean, I, again, even if New York Thunder gets away, somebody's going to have to go after him. And I think there's horses that'll be close enough. And I think like a horse like Fort Bragg can try and attack New York Thunder and at least get to him a little bit potentially and not let him get so far away if Drew's goal doesn't go. I do think one in Vermillion has to go a little bit. So even if it's just to just to make him work a touch to get the lead, I'll take it. So you think Fort Bragg will show more speed than Arabian Lion? Now, they're both Baffert, but they're different ownerships. How do you think that's going to play out? I actually think they get relatively similar trips, but I think Fort Bragg maybe will be a touch closer. I think he's used to being a little closer to those kind of paces. And I think Arabian Lion, I think what last time showed is that he can sit, and I think that would be the perfect trip for him. But again, you're probably going to have to go a little sooner if New York Thunder does get away a bit. Yeah. Paul, verifying. I looked at this horse really closely. I've been waiting for this horse to turn back forever. And we've talked about send this horse one turn, one turn. Well, he's got his opportunity, but boy, Paul, he picked a hell of a spot to do it. I'll tell you, I love a turn back at seven furlongs. I especially love a turn back in this race. And I I just, it doesn't, you know, I agree. You know, the, the field is very good, but that's just going to increase the price. You're going to get Pratt. Um, I think this is a really good value play for whatever it's worth. I don't know if anyone puts any stock in uh, reading the trainers, but the word at the track today is that Mr. Baffert will be gracing us with his presence on Saturday. And he doesn't, doesn't always, in fact, he usually, it's more likely that he doesn't come because he has two in this race and he has a horse in the Travers. So, but yeah. that was the word over at on Union Avenue today. But yeah, I, I like I like you, Howard. I've been kind of waiting for this horse to cut back, kind of like I was with Arabian Lion last time. You know, I loved Arabian Lion last time. He ran great. Uh, New York Thunder's done nothing done nothing wrong. Uh, obviously, four for four uh, hasn't gone seven yet, but went six and a half. But I think the verifying could sit a really good trip. And and I hear Nick on Drew's Gold. 
that this horse could be over the top, and I have no idea what the turf try was, but based on the, the, the Woody Stevens, if Drew's Gold is 15 to 1 and Arabian Lion is 9 to 5, aren't you supposed to try to get Drew's Gold in it? I mean, Drew's Gold did all the running in that race. He did. I just, these last two, I mean, I guess he ra- raced okay in the Amsterdam, but uh, I don't know why they tried turf now to come back. It's I have no weird. idea what that turf trial was know, about. If you if you are against having Gomez, Gomez knows this 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 uh, this horse best, and actually he's yeah. done best on him. So I don't mind the jockey situation. Yeah, no. I just it's, no. Just, I'm not saying I like him. How you know what I'm right. saying though? If he yes. if he's like ten times the odds of Arabian Lion, you know I, I'm 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 going to have a three one exacta somewhere and somewhere in my cyber cyberspace. Mike Monroe says, good evening, all. Still looking. Oh, Fauci, I, almost, I Mike. Even looking my wounds, needed Fauci like us. And yeah, Mike, yeah, I sort of needed almost. Fauci also. Uh, Matt Miller, by the way, agrees with you, Paul. Paul, I'm on you. I'm, I'm with you. I'm verifying. Last year, I'm drinking. I'm drinking to that. But perhaps <laughs> could have been better on dry dirt. So, uh, that's uh, Matt Miller. Guys, by the way, real, I think real, the dirt, real, by oh. the way, I think the dirt. By that time on Saturday, will be dry, by the way. The forecast for Saturday is much better than was anticipated. Yeah, it's like it's 40% the, chance. I mean. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, tomorrow is the is the problem day. Because it's Friday and you're in the power picks. That's why. Yes. They're well underway, Uncle Howard. They're well underway. And, oh, guys, boy, do I have. You have till midnight, people. Do I have a play of the day tomorrow with some stats to back? Ooh, if I you like don't it. get the power picks, if you've never gotten the power picks, you should get them by midnight for tomorrow's power picks. Ooh. Okay, you got to sign up by midnight through our website, everyone. Check that out. You get Paul's big play. Guys, we're about 10 minutes to a big surprise. We have one more race to cover, so I'll be very quick. I love Arabian Lion in this spot. Love. I think he's going to sit a great trip. Pete, either either Fort Bragg is going to go after New York Thunder and Arabian Lion is going to sit a stalking trip or Arabian Lion is going to use more speed and sit off of, of New York Thunder. Guys, that New York Thunder race, I'm sorry, just is not that good. When you can, his race was big. I'm saying the competition. I mean, look at the competition here that he faced. Deer District, Drew's Gold, who's not very good right now. Gilmore, Rivet. Rivet. Okay. Rivet. Rivet. And now he's got to face two monster Bafferts and, and, and uh, verifying. And guys, this is a New York Thunder could win. I'm betting against it. I love Arabian Lion. His last work, by the way, which I watched on XBTV, was absolutely out of this world. I think he is primed and ready to go. I love Arabian Lion in this spot. I'm using the other Baffert. I'll use New York Thunder defense. But I do have him second, guys. I think he might get loose again. But I'm just going to have to see it. On the there list. was a question about the jockeys, why they switched Johnny V off of Fort Bragg. I assume it's because Arabian Lion is just better. And they wanted to put Velasquez on the on the better horse just for. I like, think I think that. Velasquez is going to end up on the Zidane horse, Pete. Yeah, that's true. That's true sixth, too. So. Yeah, yeah. Howard's got no three yeah, on. Yeah. Howard does not have the three on the board, Matt Miller. Boy, is he going to look stupid <laughs> come Saturday three, afternoon? I have the three as a B as in boy. I got oh, the okay. Three as a B. Guys, I realize we got two more races. We gotta get. We gotta keep rolling here. We uh, we have some people waiting, as as you know. But maybe we'll let them wait a little bit. Uh, the Ballerina, another great race. Race ten for the girls, seven furlongs. This just might be a matchup between two fantastic 
uh, Phillies and Mares. Echo Zulu, good night, Olive. You see our picks on the screen there. We're mainly going 7-6. Paul's going to try to split with Dr. B. Paul, you're going Echo Zulu. has just been unbelievable this year. Can she – is the 7 going to be a problem, and is there any speed to uh, go with her, or is this just a wire job, I guess? Yeah, well, I'm going to – I'll know more tomorrow, Howard. I have to preview this race, so I will be out there early tomorrow morning trying to okay. talk to the connections of both of these uh, horses. Um, yeah, I, I did try to split them price-wise, just a horse that I'm a little familiar with, Butchie Reed and this Dr. B. But, boy, uh, again, I, I'm i not so sure. If Echo Zulu wins this race convincingly, don't be shocked if she ends up in the Breeders' Cup sprint and not the Philly and Mare sprint, uh, Asperson is that high on this horse. You know, Goodnight Olive was clearly the best female sprinter last year, won the Philly and Mare sprint, you know, came back with a win in the Madison. Um, that The Derby City Distaff, Howard, when we were there, that race did not go well. Uh, she did not have a great trip. That was the uh, race that uh, – who the hell was it, Howard? Was Someone really came out and made it – pretty crowded for her as i recall the yes. two horse yeah, and yeah, you know I bounce remember. back with a workman like win in a grade two you know this is a real racehorse uh this mayor of the seven so yeah i i did try to split them but i clearly think that uh, both of them are, are going to take a lot of beating yeah good night olive is is really good pete you and i have good night olive um she's got some weird trips she's been on the inside i know i read one last time um, but got boxed in at Churchill. We all remember that. I think this outside post is going to be extremely good for Goodnight Olive and important. Some people think she might have lost the step. I'm not sure I agree with that. I think it, the trips have sort of made it look that way, Pete. She ran out a nice horse last time in Wicked Halo and Carmel Swirl, who are both in there, not getting the ideal trip. I think she's ready for an explosive move. And I think she's going to win, as do you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I think it's a, it's a probably a two horse race on the top for the most part. But I, I, I was going with her, just sort of recapturing her form, like you said. And if she gets a clean trip, if Iraq can keep her out of trouble, and like you said, the outside post should help with that, so she doesn't get buried behind anybody. She should get a clean run, and the hope is that Echo Zulu doesn't get away so easily that that Goodnight Olive just can't run her down. But to me, I think one of those two things winds up happening. I think so. You know, I looked at Carmel Swirl, guys, because I think some of these horses might not want to go seven, and Carmel Swirl is really sort of a seven furlong specialist. It just feels like Pete and Paul that there's a few like Carmel Swirl and, you know, uh, Wicked Halo, the five, and maybe even Dr. B and Matarea. A lot of things have to go their way to win. They're just a notch below the other two. Not a lot, but just a notch below. It just feels like a two-horse race to me. Paul, any other thoughts? I know you've got, you've got the four and second. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, again, this is a price play, but, you know, ran well, to, ran, you know, picked up the pieces and ran a distant second, but a second nonetheless to uh, Echo Zulu. Beat Frank's Raquette, who I believe we're going to see tomorrow night at Charlestown in the yeah. – we love that Charlestown Classic card on Travers Eve that we can bet. You should all be betting Charlestown tomorrow night. I will be. Um, Butchie Reed does well. Uh, you know, he he ships with a purpose. Uh, so yeah, that that's a that's certainly a price play. And I would say though, you know, this this Matt Arraya is a pretty serious filly. You yeah. know, she might not be the Echo Zulu Goodnight Olive, but don't anyone 
you know, it's not going to be a mic drop if if she wins this race. She's a pretty serious filly. Yeah, but she's got Echo Zulu to deal with. And there's a horse. I mean, Mary quite contrary. This is a horse we've mentioned Pete a bunch of times, especially Gulfstream. This is a nice filly. She's, you know, sixth choice in this race, 15 to one. Would anybody be surprised if this horse is able to close up for second or third? I wouldn't. This is just a great race. Yeah, great it's phenomenal. Race. I mean, it's phenomenal race. It's just, it's just the top two look like they're a little bit separated from the rest of them. But if something weird happens, if Goodnight Olive isn't as good as she is, or if she gets into some trouble somehow, and if Echo Zulu does catch some pace pressure, then you could see some crazy stuff. But it feels like the top two are pretty strong. Yes, I, I, I think that's true. And, you know, a lot of these great ones don't have huge fields. But you know what, guys? I'd rather have really competitive and unbelievable six, seven, eight horse fields and 10 horse fields with like a six to five, a seven to five, a bunch of 50 to one. So I'm fine with smaller fields as long as it's competitive and pretty much breeders cup prep. So uh, speaking of races that are competitive, but not necessarily, well, it is, I think it is a win and you're in for the breeders cup turf, but yee, this, this sword dancer, I don't know how you guys feel. Not but, so uh, good. Not so not, good. Not not so good. But listen, it's part of the pick five, pick six, and it's a great one. And it's got two euros. So let's talk about it. Uh, let me go ahead and bring up uh, on the screen. You see our picks are on the bottom of the screen. I'll go full screen. Grade one, Sword Dancer. Mile and a half, inner turf, field of seven. Favorite is Stone Age coming off a long layoff. Finished second in the Breeders' Cup uh, Turf Classic last year for Chad Six to five morning line, very low coming off a long layoff. I thought this race was a little bit tricky, guys. Paul, let's go to you first. Actually, both you and Pete, Paul, are going with Bolshoi Ballet for Aiden O'Brien. Five to one morning line. This is a Euro. I think the big question I have is how good really is Bolshoi Ballet? We saw him as a three-year-old. He's just been sort of meh to me. Um although he's earned almost a million dollars, maybe being sort of a, a meh Euro is good enough to win this race. Obviously, you guys think it is. Well, yeah, and I like the fact Johnny V is up. Uh, no disrespect to our European uh, uh, brethren, but I like the fact that Johnny V's up. And I'm with you. I mean, you know, God love Channel Maker at nine years old. Won the Bowling Green is 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 almost at four million dollars, but and has won this race. It was uh, in God twenty twenty or nineteen. I mean, who knows? I can't. <laughs> but he he can he can beat me all day. You know that was just a very favorable setup. You know this Stone Age. Uh, you know came over to run the the three year old races last year. Uh, third in the Belmont Derby. Uh, fifth in the Saratoga Derby. Uh, Aiden O'Brien was the trainer. Uh, now, uh, obviously, this horse has been shifted to Shad. I don't know. 0 for 3 in the U.S. Bolshoi, Bolshoi Ballet has won over here, albeit a long time ago, the Belmont Derby two years ago. Um, you know, I liked Soldier Rising last time. They had that stupid run for purse money only because they inadvertently scratched the horse. But, boy, I was happy when he ran for purse money only because he did not lift one <laughs> of his four hooves in that race. Oh, but there's a good reason why. But we'll talk about it, I guess. Yeah, but th that was – yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I He wasn't – I don't think he was any part of that race. Well – I know okay. you picked him. I'm sorry. Don't take it personal, Uncle. 
<laughs> no, I just I think you're overlooking something major that happened in the race. But we'll we'll talk about it. Maybe, maybe yeah. you're right. I, I I don't know. That was the race where Rebels Romance, uh, you know, broke down, and he was. Yeah. I'll talk about it. He was bothered quite a bit, at least in my opinion. But anyway, I hear what you're saying, Paul. Um, Rebels Romance was the horse who was going to win the race if he didn't break down. Probably. We don't, we'll never know, obviously. But I mean, we will. Yeah, he's going to win. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I agree. It's, it's not, uh, it's not the best uh, edition of it, but uh, yeah. I'm going with my friend Aiden O'Brien. Okay. Uh, Pete, you agree. You're going 3 7, uh, just going to two euros. I do. It's a, it's one of those where it's, it's, I, they don't, a lot of these horses don't like to win that much. And yep. I'm going to stick with the euros and, and half the time you look at it and you go, the euros wind up coming over and winning Bolshoi ballet. The one thing I did like in the three losses in the U S and again, they were pretty strong fields too. In the three losses was sort of sitting close to some pretty hot paces. So I don't know if that cooked him a little bit. In the one win, it wasn't. In the one win, he was able to close into more of a moderate pace. Here, there's not much speed. I mean, Channel Maker will go, but he's not going to cut crazy fractions. He's going to go as slow as he as he humanly can possibly do in, in order to stay on for that long. So I think if Bolshoi Ballet can sit close, Johnny V's, you know, I love the, the trips Johnny V gets. Aiden O'Brien is 0 for 10 at Saratoga on the win Yes, end. he is. So, yeah. But, um, you know, Chad Brown's got a – Chad Brown, I think, was 0 for 7 with – grade one foreign shippers. So there's a little bit of everything. I don't love any of these horses. So I'm going to take a shot with a price. I like boy show at five to one over stone age at six to five. Why not? Yeah. And I think bullshit ballet is going to show speed. I don't know about you guys. I looked at every horse this race. I'm like, eh, I don't like, and eh, don't, I don't like anyone. I, yeah. I just don't. So, you know what I'm going to do guys? I'm going to go back to our good friend soldier rising. Now, Two things I like. First of all, I think this horse really wants a mile and a half. I think he, he can run all day. I like the extra distance. He's going to save ground. I Paul, I'm going to vehemently disagree with you. He was on the inside, ready to make a move, and then we had the incident with um, uh, with Rebels Romance, and he, like, we the, they don't show the head on. We couldn't see, but he, like, had to jump over either a jockey or a horse, and the horse completely lost his momentum, and it was just – it was over at that point. I don't know if he was winning the race – but that last race is complete toss-out to me. If he's ever going to win a grade one, guys, this is it. Stone Age is coming off a long layoff. I frankly don't think Bullshell Ballet is that good. You can have Channel Maker. I don't want Verstappen. I, I think Soldier Rising has got a huge shot, guys. If he's ever going to win a grade one, it's going to be Saturday, and it's going to be at a little bit of a price. I really like Soldier Rising. I'm using that one in mainly Stone Age and a little bit of Bolshoi Ballet, and that is it. But I really think... It could be uh, Soldier's Rising time, guys. I really do. I think there's enough speed in there and the mile and a half. And also if the turf's got some moisture, which it has to be, I don't think he's going to mind that, guys, because he's won on yielding also. I just think there's a lot of reasons to go with this horse. And I realize he's going to come from further back and he's going to need a little luck, blah, blah, blah. This is this is a weak sword dancer, any way you look at it. And I think this is his time. Um, he's not a grade one animal, but he might be sad, right? So that, that's that's I mean, my you feeling. Take guys. a grade one wherever you can get it, and even if you have to beat a crappy field to do it, you'll take it, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, guys, let's go full screen here and talk for a second as we wait for some people. Uh, we got some people backstage that we're going to be bringing on here in just a minute. So the green just, room are they in the green room? They're in the green room. So we'll stall here for just just a, a few, uh, just a minute or so. Uh, guys, the. Last race that we're going to talk about, and then we're going to bring Jim Miller on. 
is the Travers. And Paul, why don't you talk just for a little bit? I have some clips that I'm hoping to show if I can get my computer right. I do have some clips. Talk everyone what happened on this show um, on Tuesday night. It was episode 285, and it's well worth people's watch and or listen. Yeah, we spoke to Jenna Antonucci, the trainer of the two, Archangelo, uh, who was really very good. Uh, I really like her attitude. She's got a quiet confidence about her. And, uh, you know, despite what you saw watching the Belmont Stakes when she was understandably pretty emotional, she is a very measured uh, person. And uh, he has been training lights out. And uh, Richie Migliori, who we all love, one of the greatest guys in the game. Uh, he he was very high on the training of Forte and uh, the Archangelo, and he was not high on the training of Maine. No, he was you know, not. We, you asked him about that, Howard, because he, he specifically mentioned Forte and Archangelo, and he just said he, he didn't think Mages looked great in the morning. So, um, you know, that was enough for me. I was down to Mage and Archangelo. Uh, although I'm gonna, <laughs> I have until six eleven on Saturday to make a case for Scotland, and I am pretty damn close. I'm gonna tell you right now, I am dangerously close. <laughs> if I go by the bar in the morning and he smiles at me, that's gonna be it. Lights out. I'm in. All right. Well, <laughs> Paul, before you get your uh, Scotland chubby on here, and Pete, before you talk about your picks, I got some people to bring on. We have never had on this podcast all uh, was it all six host co-hosts uh on the show and uh i got a message from uh kyle roscoe who was hoping to get away he's got something going on tonight but he might be able to also join us but right now in the bullpen we got to get the opinion on the travers from some guys from bet and booze and who do a, have done an incredible job on the show and they're gonna join us right now from bet and booze and from new jersey mr patrick kunzel and from the ohio state university and Deerfield, Illinois. Charlie Freeman, boys, what's going on? Nothing much. Glad to join the show with you guys. Absolutely. Excited to be here. What's Hello, up? gentlemen. Thanks, thanks for joining us. Uh, Pete, right now, there's there's Patrick. You can give some crap right now for New York Thunder. There he I is. There's no crap to give because he picked a winner on the show, live on the air, and it was a good pick. So I, I give no crap until he loses on Saturday. Then I can give him some crap. <laughs> Fighting word. Patrick, you got New York Thunder again in, that, in the Jerkins? I don't know. It is it is going to be very tough. Um, but uh, I got to give some love to New York Thunder. You know that horse was unbelievable last out. So I'll definitely have that horse in some bets. Nah, he was he was really good. So guys, here's what we're going to do very briefly. Now, uh, everyone who's listening and watching, we are going to myself, Pete, and Paul. I'm going to show our picks actually um, a little bit later. When I say later, like five ten minutes, you'll see it. And then also our pick fives, guys, are going to be scrolling this tonight on the bottom of the screen as we talk about as we talk about our picks for the Travers, the three of us on the top, then we'll show our pick fives also scrolling. So we do a little bit differently. Kyle Roscoe might be joining us also. Charlie, let's go ahead and talk about uh, the Travers. We're going to get your opinion. We're going to get Patrick. We'll get Kyle's opinion. The three of us will also uh, give our opinions. Let me go ahead and bring up the field for this year's Travers. Grade one, of course, it's a field of seven. $1.25 million. Moorline favorite is the number one forte, better known as Pete's favorite horse of all time. <laughs> Just kidding, Pete. Pletcher and Irad. This horse has been fantastic really all year. 
really hasn't stubbed his foot or his hoof anywhere. Uh, we're not going to show banners for Patrick and Charlie, but let me go ahead and go bring you guys back on screen. I'll bring up the PPs here. We're going to go with Charlie first. Charlie Freeman, give us your top three in the Travers. How do you see this race on Saturday? Yeah, so my top pick, I wish I could be creative, but I just can't. I am going with Forte. You know, this was my horse to win the Derby before, obviously, the unfortunate injury where the horse couldn't run. I'm sure a lot of people here were maybe expecting me to be bold and try to go back to Mage, as this is a horse I've loved on betting and boozing. It was the horse once uh, Forte went down that I told everybody at a price to take to win the Derby, and I stand on traitor, that. Traitor, Charlie, but traitor. I thought you were Mr. Mage. I'm shocked. I, I want. I wanted to. I really, really did. I honestly did. It's just honestly the concern for me is I just don't know if Maze will end up being close up enough in time to use that great light kick. I will say I do think the added distance going back to a mile and a fourth as opposed to a mile and an eighth will certainly help Maze. I think any distance Maze can get the better in my personal opinion. Uh, but I think that's also the case for Forte as well. I think uh, Archangel obviously ran a terrific race last time out and was a deserved winner. You know, I don't think really had any thing to fault against was an obviously career best buyer and looked great uh but ultimately i just think this at a distance helps forte i think forte just didn't have enough time and didn't have quite the kick that i'm used to seeing from forte in the belmont stakes uh bounced back to what we're more accustomed to uh last time out so forte is my top pick uh second choice i am going with mage couldn't put mage too far back i do think mage will show that strong kick i like the distance uh, I try. I, I am curious to see who the mounts will be. Obviously, with Luis Saez's injuries, uh, with Pratt. Javier Castellano, it's Pratt. Oh, it's it's Pratt. Pratt. Javier Pratt. Okay. Yep. okay. Well, for me, that doesn't really worry me too much. Obviously, kind of miss Javier Castellano being on him since they were the dynamic duo to win the Derby. But Flavian Pratt's still one of the best in the business. He's a guy I've highlighted constantly on Betton and Boozin as a jockey that I tend to like on horses. So I think he'll be just fine with Mage. Hopefully, Mage can stay a little bit closer so that the horse doesn't have quite too much to do, uh, but still like the horse underneath. Uh, and then third, I wanted to just be, you know, a little unique and different. I was going to put Archangelo, but then I was like, I can't go three chalk horses. I can't be a Kyle Roscoe. I have to do something. <laughs> wow. So wow. I'm going to go with the shot. fight across I, the ball. Just coincidentally when Kyle <laughs> not on the air here. Interesting how that works. Yeah, it was, look, what can I say? It was good timing. But you know what? This is a jockey who, man, we've had some run-ins. This guy has not done me well, but he's also beaten up on me. And I know he still is one of the best, even though I like to make jokes. I'm going to put disarm underneath. Why not okay. go for a price, another horse, and then consider a nice trip, and hopefully Joel doesn't make me look bad. I mean, Charlie, 100, 102, 101 buyers uh, with blinkers on, a price for Rosario and Asperson and Winchell Thoroughbreds, who won last year with Epicenter. Charlie, you could do a hell of a lot worse with this horse. I, I think this horse is interesting. I don't have him on top, but absolutely a great call with this horse, you know, finishing near top three. I think he's got a big shot for sure. Patrick Kunzel. It is your turn, sir. You've, you've tipped out New York Thunder. Um, you're going to maybe go with him again in earlier races. Uh, we've taught, you and I have talked about these horses ad nauseum throughout the year. This is one hell of a race. Patrick Kunzel, your top three for the Travers. Yeah, so Charlie's going to hop off the Mage train. I'm going to hop on. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah no, I, I like Mage in this spot. You know, listen, I don't agree with the, you know, how they have been pointing to the Travers and kind of looking at the Haskell. As a prep, I just never really understood that. I mean, the Haskell's a million-dollar grade one race. I don't know why you'd do that. But I, I just think this is this horse, you know, coming off the Kentucky Derby win, um, you know, it's just – I believe these connections have had this horse fully loaded for this spot. Um, I'm going to get four to one. Um, you know, I'm not going to take the jockey into consideration. You know, Sias to Pratt is, you know, if anything, it's an upgrade. I'm not saying anything against Louie. I just think that 
Pratt knows what he's going to do with this horse. And uh, I just think, you know, pace-wise, probably going to have to sit off National Treasure. Hopefully there's a bit more pace and this isn't the Preakness. Oh, look who decided to join us. Uh, hey, I know. ran for this, Patrick. Don't you take that away from me. I ran from this. But anyway, <laughs> finish up your talking. He missed my shot. Uh, hey, yeah. Paul, put your <laughs> – there you go. Sit up, sit up, young man, so we can – I need to get this uh, shot later for uh, YouTube and, and for Twitter. All six. Here we go, folks. A round of applause for everyone uh, out there. We really appreciate it. This is the first time we've had everyone on the screen at the same time. Thank you guys very much. Really appreciate it. Patrick, you may continue. Yeah, so th- th- that will be my case for Mage um, to win the uh, Travers. Um, it, tough spot. And then in second, I'll have Archangelo, you know, listening to Jenna on the show on Tuesday. Like Paul said, you know, the enthusiasm and, you know, the confidence just, you know, I, I wanted to pick Archangelo on top. I, I just something's telling me Mage and I, I just have kind of like the idea of pointing to the Travers in a way. Um and then underneath, you know, in third, I like Scotland. Um, I, I think Scotland's interesting with uh, for Billy Mott, you know, lightly raised Colt, you know, fourth career start, um, one on the front end, last out. And uh, I think we'll keep National Treasure Honest on the lead. So um, this is a very fun race. It's awesome that we get the, all three Triple Crown winners. And uh, what better place to, to have it at than Saratoga and the Travers? Gary Coloroso said that was a great photo. Uh, photo bomb from Matt Miller for sure. Uh, Nick Feldman mentioned Scotland, late developing three year old, nice speed uh, figure progression will most likely be the speed of the race. I don't know about that, Nick, but I think you're right, Patrick. I think uh, Scotland's going to set a nice trip. And Paul, again, if that one is smiling uh, in the barn tomorrow morning, uh, Paul might be put on some some uh, kilts or something and and be betting Scotland on Saturday. Let's talk to the host. Of betting and booze, and Kyle, I know you've been very busy tonight. Really looking sharp, by the way. Yeah. Really appreciate it from the car. Kyle Roscoe, host of betting booze, and who you going with in the Travers, sir? I think there are two. First of all, I'm coming to you from enemy territory. They had this meeting at Lambeau Field, and I'm just gonna have to wash the butt. I'm gonna have to wash my clothes after this. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, well, wash that cheese thing Burn. off the car too. That's what I'm saying. Like we gotta, we gotta take yeah. everything out and just wash it all. Yeah. But. There are two two horses that have major upside, in my opinion, to, to where I think that we don't see – we have not seen the horse's best race. My top pick, I'm going with you, Howard. I think you had him on top. I'm going with number two, Archangel, on top. I really There you go. Finally got something with some sense here from Benton Boozen. That's what I'm talking about. We only we only talk sense, Howard, around here. Of course. We try. At least, not, at least well, my co-hosts I heard a little bit differently from. But any either way. I think we have not seen Archangelo's best race. Um, the, there's a lot of upside coming into this spot. Jen Antonucci, as she talked about on Tuesday, has trained this horse up for this spot. He looks absolutely lights out on the track in the mornings. And being on the inside, I personally think he's going to sit a little bit more tactical race next to Forte. And if Forte is going to let a, have to let a horse like Archangelo go to his outside first, and if the rail doesn't open... I think it's going to be a major tackle uh, race between Archangelo and Forte, but I'm going with Archangelo to take another big step forward off that Belmont stakes. And I still think even the cutback a little bit from the Belmont to the mile and a quarter, I still think Archangelo could sit a really nice trip in this spot. I agree. Now guys have had a little bit of tech issue, but I do have some, I have some tape from our show Tuesday. Let's see if we can get this to work here with the sun. Let me, 
Uh, hopefully this will uh, work well. Let me go ahead and stop sharing and try to share this again. And let's see if we can get this to work efficiently. Hold on one second. Hopefully this will work and pop on the screen. If not, I'm not going to keep playing with it. And yeah, there it is again, Kyle. Same issue. So I don't know. Um, yeah. Let me try. Let me try one other thing, guys. I do want to. I did want to put something on the screen. Let me try one other thing. Hey, Kyle, while well, well, Howard works yeah, here, ahead, Charlie, Charlie did take a nice shot at you. He said, I don't want to be the one like Kyle who picks all the favorites. So just so yeah. you know, your boy, while you're not on screen, he betrays you behind your back. Again, you know, point he that can, out he can hate on me for all the favorites, but when Mage runs a nice fifth in this race, you know, you now you're talking. Hey, hold on, that's Patrick's top pick. You can't, you can't. You can't. All right, all right, all right. Settle down, settle down. Let's hear from Jenna Antonucci from Tuesday, guys, on how she feels about Archangel. This is about a 30 second clip. If this does not, uh, if the sound doesn't come on, guys, let me know right away, but it should work. Uh, from our show on Tuesday, Jenna Antonucci. Tell our folks uh, how everything has gone. You opted to train them up to this race. Uh, how everything has gone in Saratoga and, and how you're feeling, whatever we are, 72, 96 hours out. We're, we're pretty pleased. Um, he has really relished in being back this summer as he did last summer and is um, really just continuing to mature and get stronger and put more body on and um, just do everything that you could ask a, a young three-year-old to do. So we're, we're pleased. Um, no, no doubts or questions of, you know, not doing a prep in between. He's um, just thrived with having the space and being able to just grow up. So there, there you go, guys. They're very happy. She's very happy. Got a little time off, uh, you know, from the, um, from the Belmont. Any of you guys have concerns? Kyle, you don't. I don't. Any concerns about the long layoff for any of you guys or fairly long layoff? Nope. No, everyone thinks that's a good idea. Okay. And, and Howard, let, let's say this about her. If, if you could see the background, I'm pretty sure that is the parking garage downtown right behind the police station. So she left the Travers Draw at the yeah. Adelphi Hotel and stood outside in, in a parking garage parking lot for a half hour to, to talk to a couple of knuckleheads on the HHH podcast. So hats awesome off to Jenna Antonucci for, for uh, during Travis week, we, oh. we might say. So hats Absolutely. off to her for uh, giving us the time. Hey guys, we're going to, we're going to switch. Yeah, actually, let me, we, we've got Jim Miller way in the bullpen and they actually have races going on as we speak. So I'm going to switch gears just a little bit. And I'm going to bring on from, Hawthorne Racecourse to talk a little bit about the Travers and if he has time, one other thing, and you guys feel free to stay on as long as you can. Kyle, I know you might have to go at some point. Let's bring up from Hawthorne Racecourse live right now as they had to back up the race a little bit because of the heat. Jim Miller, Jim, we're all here, buddy. How you doing? I see everybody there. It's craziness. It's uh, good to have everybody there. And I, yeah, I keep looking over my shoulder. We're... Uh... About eight minutes to post. I'm serving as a steward tonight, so I have to get to the steward's booth in time yeah, for. Right. By the so. way, if anybody doesn't like the any any of the calls tonight, you know where to come. You just <laughs> exactly. write, write to us. Yeah, you know where to come now. One of the many duties of director of racing sometimes is you have to fill in as a steward. So I have about uh, seven eight minutes here, but uh, I don't okay. know. I, I didn't hear who all of you picked in the Travers. To me, it's a one horse race. They're not beating Forte in this race. There you go. When, when Jim comes on, he's smart always man. smart. When Jim comes on, he always comes with intelligent, good analysis. Chalk eating weasel as usual. No, the, winner. He's winner. going one. He's going winner. Sorry, he's going one seven six. It's on the bottom of the screen. Talk yep. a little bit, and then we'll talk. We'll show uh, Mr. Abel Lascano on his interesting ride 
uh, which was one hell of a run. Forte's the best three-year-old in the country right now. The one race that he lost in the Belmont was not a great trip. Wide the whole way around. Archangelo got a dream trip coming up the inside and ran a very good race. But Forte's not going to make that mistake again. Everything should unfold perfectly. I think Scotland runs a good race, an improving racehorse at a price. Disarms the horse that I picked third. I thought Disarms been pretty consistent. I hate blinker changes, though, in big races, and that's what you're seeing in here. So I put the horse third. I just think Forte is the best horse in the race and gets the job done in the Travers. I, I, listen, I have nothing against Forte. I'm just think he's going to be, you know, a low price. And I just don't want a low price in this race. Jim, while we have used for a few minutes for people that don't know, I'm going to bring it up on the screen right now. I'm not sure everyone on, even on the screen knows this. And again, if anyone on the screen has to go um, at any time, let me know, but we're, we're only going to be going here guys overall on the show for about another 10 minutes. We'll let Jim get back to his thing. And then Pete, Paul and I will go through our picks and you guys are all welcome to stay on. Jim, let me talk about what happened. I'm sorry, race three. I think this. What day was this now? Sunday. Uh, yeah. Sunday, what day, Sunday, Jim? Sunday, race three. Um, okay. One, one of the most miraculous things that I've ever seen. Uh, All right. And it, it was uh, Abel Lascano aboard the one horse Christmas present. Um, coming out of the gate, um, what happened was he said his right stirrup started to break. And then all of a sudden he got halfway through the first turn and his right stirrup completely snapped on him. Every time I've ever seen that, the rider comes off the horse and we're in the steward stand looking for the one horse and the rider. And he goes onto the backside, hanging off the side of the horse. And it was miraculous because he's on the lead. This could have been absolute disaster. And then somehow manages to pull himself back up on the horse. But watch this. He goes in. So he said, right coming out of the gate, stirrup started to break. He stays along the inside here and you're going to see he starts going up towards the lead, and then all of a sudden, he's going to go onto the backside, and guys, he just flat out disappears on this racehorse. And when you're looking at it from the pan shot here, you're going to see that that you expect the, the horse has no rider on it right here. You Whoa. think, and he he's done, what? and then keep, and then he's he's on the side of the horse, and then watch when they come onto the backside here, because you're going to see him hanging on in the head on. I mean, it's pure strength in that right there. <laughs> And the other wow. riders recognizing to get out of the way. But then Lascano even said at that point, he said, I was just waiting for the field to clear out and then get off the horse. And then all of a sudden he's like, okay, the horse is going straight. I'm going to pull myself back aboard the horse. And he didn't have a stirrup, but he made it the whole way around there like that. Um, in my 30 years of racing, it was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. I, I ran to the TV, tweeted it out quick, and it was shocking how many people have replayed it and seen it time and again and again. You don't see that. Every other time I've seen that, the rider is off the horse on the grounds. It's usually a really bad thing. So what he pulled off, and then he stayed. He rode the remainder of the card, rode the next race, won the last race of the day, and has run, won a couple races since. So just absolutely tremendous out of Abel Liscano there on Sunday. I mean, I, I saw that. I almost couldn't believe it, Jim. We were shaking our heads on the screen. I mean, that could have been yeah. absolutely disastrous, thank God. And when you hear Peter Glossy's call, Jim, who's been doing this for, what, 35, 40 years, yeah. you know, God bless him. I don't blame him. He wasn't even sure what to say. I mean, he, he didn't know what happened. It was hard to tell what happened. Right. He was just holding onto the horse by, like, the horse's, you know, neck and shoulders. Just absolutely incredible. If you don't think these guys are athletes, I mean, oh. you're crazy. Yeah, and then and that's what I said. I mean, I, I, I tweeted it out and just said it, basically the pure athleticism. Then it was strength. Then it was just determination to just try to hold on. And that's what Lascano said. He's like, I knew I was on the front. I knew there were horses behind me. So he's like, I knew it was going to be bad for me 
if I fell off for Lascano. And then he said he didn't know what was going to happen for the remainder of the field. And he said he remembered hanging off the side of the horse on the backside and riders are looking at him like eye to eye as they're facing him to see just what's going on. And then he just said, he and he kept saying, he goes, kudos to this racehorse because almost every other time that happens, the horse kind of pulls outward because all the weight's on the one side of the horse. He said kudos to the horse for running straight and giving him at least the opportunity to pull himself back up. I don't know how he did it, but uh, absolutely amazing. It was cool. I mean, a Washington Post article was written about it. It's been on some of the different news networks. I tweeted it out, and a lot of other people retweeted it. But uh, it was very cool. It was one of, one of the most incredible things that I've seen. No, it's just unbelievable. And the bottom of the screen, I'm going to be very short with Jim. And everyone listening and watching, myself, Pete, and Paul, we are going to give our Travers opinions and our pick five with everyone on the screen. Jim, we're going to let you go in a minute. Below on the video player there, you can see uh, we're not going to talk about it, but there's your pick four choices people can rewatch and he's going 174 in race four six two one in race five for you audio listeners race six jim is going two eight nine in race seven he's going seven eleven eight this is the sunday late pick four and jim's uh pick yeah. four ticket which i'll Big just go and rattle off real quick jim uh, yeah. on sunday one four six seven one two six seven two six eight nine 7 It's a 60 full hour ticket. Jim, I had three of the four last week. I didn't have the four in like two. Great call of the block horse to open the, the pick four. Great call at the one in the last race. You were all yeah. over it. I went six deep in the second leg and couldn't find Manny Escobar on the four, who didn't look like he wanted the distance. That was a pick four. paid, what, 1500 yeah. I think, last Sunday? Yeah, I didn't like that horse at all, at all either. Nullabore was the name of the horse for Steve yeah. Manley. Didn't like that horse either. This sequence is probably the hardest pick four sequence that I've seen. I missed some of the others, but I usually do much shorter tickets 12 bucks, 24 bucks, and that 64 probably could have been doubled or tripled. It's that hard of a sequence. It's going to have a great return, but there'll be no heavy favorites at all throughout the entire sequence on Sunday. Terrific. Jim, we'll let you get back to stewardship. We don't want any issues there. At the track, on. Perfect, perfect timing, Jim. Thanks Thank a you, lot. A- appreciate it. Good luck uh, this Saturday and Sunday, Jim. Take care. Pete, you're a smart man. Forte's the winner. Forte, baby. Take them all down, Jim. Take them down there next race. All right, <laughs> <laughs> take care. Bye, Jim. I'm, I, hey, yeah, I'm Jim. impressed. I'm impressed that there are stewards out there who watch the races. <laughs> well, wow. he, you see, he, he wasn't. We don't even know. He's got. Oh, like there, the goes, there, there goes Paul. Steward. There goes Paul's invitation to the Travers on Saturday in New York. So, oh well, guys. Before we give uh, the picks, uh, before my picks, Pete and Paul, uh, you. Charlie, Patrick, and Kyle, you guys have each, early, especially Patrick and Charlie, you guys have talked about Mage. Let's very quickly hear about 50 seconds, 5.0 seconds, from also someone from Tuesday. This is Richard Migliori, who did not, I repeat, does not have Mage, guys, in his top two. And he's going to explain his reasons why in just a second here as I go ahead and get this set up. It should work again. This is Richard Migliori, guys, from our Tuesday show about mage direct them what to do richie there's been some comments in the chat about mage some people wondering why isn't richie like mage mage is very talented obviously won the derby is there something you've seen in the mornings or is it just a general vibe uh with mage that you don't have this one in the top two i am a huge mage fan he's been a gem of consistency i think the connections are terrific they're you know doing a wonderful job i am not enamored with what I've seen from Mage the week leading up to the race. Uh, it, he, to me, he looks a little lighter. 
He looks a little drier. He looks a little less enthusiastic. That's to my eye. You know, I didn't watch the horse train, you know, meticulously all the time. But what I had seen previous, this just looks a little different to me. And maybe the Haskell, even though he was geared up or 100%, you know, uh, fit to win that race, instead of maybe making him go forward, maybe it made him regress. And uh, let me let me get comments from Patrick, Charlie, and Kyle. I don't know if you guys heard that on Tuesday. Whether you did or didn't, does that would that change your opinion at all based on what Richie said? You three. I'll go down to Patrick first, my man. You have him on top. Yeah, you know, I I did hear what Richie had to say, and I, you know, I I respect Richie a ton, um, and you know, it is a question, um, but I, I think I'm going to believe in the connections here, and you know, I think they've been pointing to this race for for pretty much like three months. Um, and I, I just think that mage will be loaded, uh, for Saturday. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, let's go to our picks guys. Now the, you on scrolling on the bottom of the screen, it would be the, uh, top picks in the Travers for myself, Pete and Paul. Here they come on the screen and Paul Halloran, my hero, Paul and I are going the exact. In fact, all three of us guys, are gang with, going with the same three in different order. Paul and I are going the exact same three. We're going Archangelo, Scotland, Forte. Paul, as the smartest person here in the Elder Statesman, you get to go first. Why Archangelo, Saturday, the Travers? Well, I'm a little bit against Forte. Sorry, Pete. I'm half Italian, so it's not an Italian. Thing. Hey, Archangelo's like, Italian too, Paul. It doesn't. They're good both point. Italian. They're both Italian. Uh, an Italian, and and uh, those his dad uh, holds the record uh, for a mile and a quarter at Saratoga. I might add. Yeah, I don't, I don't like him. I don't. I don't like him. So we don't have to talk about him. Um, <laughs> yeah, I honestly, Howard, as the week went on. Uh, I was down to Archangelo. I, I did look at Mage. You know, Mage is an interesting thing. You know, we talked about it. You know, the whole thing about using the Haskell as a prep and he might not be sitting on his best race. He ran really well, which leads me to wonder, it, did he run better in that race than he's going to run Saturday? Uh, Matt Bernie has talked a lot about it. The Haskell-Travers route is not a good route to take historically as far as being successful. Uh, obviously, the jockey situation is is a total non-factor because Pratt is as good as anyone. So, I honestly, I was down to those two on top. And then I listened to Richie, who's out there pretty much every morning. And uh, so that I made my decision. <laughs> I made my decision then. Although, again, I'm going to I'm going to check in on Mr. Scotland in the morning and maybe see what my friend Junior has to say. I'm not ruling out. Uh, some Scotland tickets as well. But uh, look at Forte, seven for nine. Uh, the horse got screwed out of running in the Derby. Let's call a spade a spade. We understand why it happened. You know, they had, Churchill was going through a terrible time and they were going to be overcautious. And obviously the last thing they wanted was a horse to have a problem in the Derby with everyone watching. I get it. Um, I was out there in the mornings. I'm no expert in watching horses move, I've, although I've seen many of them move in the mornings. Forte was moving just fine. Um, so, again, will I be shocked if he wins? No. Um, after that, Jim Dandy, he did bull his way through. Um, you know, I was on uh, – I thought Saudi Crown ran well, but 
an angel of empire upon further review. I, I don't know. I don't know if that race coming out of that race, the field wasn't quite as good as it was, as I thought going into the race. So I was going to be against Forte. I was down to those two. And uh, I think Archangelo, I, I don't have a problem with the layoff. Uh, I think Jenna is supremely confident in how she's handling this horse. And I think a lot of that comes from what she's hearing from the horse. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to be on Archangelo and put it this way: if it runs two seven, uh, it'll be a good night in downtown Saratoga Saturday night. You and me both, Paul. What everyone is seeing at the bottom of the screen, by the way, are mine, Paul's, and Pete's pick five. Usually we do it different, but we are letting it scroll on the bottom of the screen. So, of course, if you're watching this live, you can freeze it, rewatch it. If you are listening to this as an audio platform. I will rattle them off at the end once Patrick, Kyle, and Charlie leave here in, in, a, in a few minutes here. Uh, so we will do it. Uh, we will give them out uh, on, for our audio listeners. But they're scrolling right now at the bottom of the screen. And if you look at Paul's pick five, guys, uh, Paul, no forte in your pick five. Just complete toss. I, I like the guts. Well, you know, again, it's you got to make a stand somewhere, and uh, especially up here. Um, yeah, well, I have him on my ABC, of course, but, uh, yeah, am I, am I looking for a price? I think he's going, I think he is going to be more of a favorite than he should be in the race. I think he should be the favorite, but I think the disparity in odds with him to the next two horses is going to be greater than it should be. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, let's try to get a comma in the payoff. I've got a question for everyone on the screen. Then Pete will hear your opinions and I'll get my opinions and we'll end the show. Here's the question, guys. Forte, what per, not what not what are his odds going to be? This question is not what are his odds going to be or what his odds should be. My question for everyone is what percent chance do you give Forte winning the race on Saturday? If they ran the race 100 times, how many times would Forte win the race? I'm going to go around starting with Kyle and we'll go this way. Kyle, how many times did Forte win this race out of 100? And I'll, I'll, get, to, I'll get to my point in a minute because, Pete, I do like Forte quite a bit, just not as a win bet. Kyle. Kyle always gets put on the spot first, might I add for everyone watching. But uh, I would go 22. Okay. If if you think he has got a 22% chance, he should be a little bit higher than 7 to 2. I've got my calculator and doing some math. I just want everyone at home listening and watching to – hear what our opinions are in terms of the odds that Forte is going to be on Saturday. So in Kyle's opinion, about 22 times out of 100, that would make uh, Forte 3.54 to 1, according to Kyle's value line. Pete, how many times does Forte win this race out of 100? 45. Wow. Okay. It's actually actually 100, but I don't want to do that. (laughs) You know, so it's all good. All right. According to Pete, (laughs) Forte should be about six to five, according to Pete. Six to five. He's got 45 out of 100. Paul? I will say 32. Okay. According to Paul, Forte should be 2.1 to 1. 2.1 to 1. Yeah. Patrick? Yeah. 15. Wow. Patrick's value line on Forte is 5.6 to 1. Like and, and, and Patrick's going to get about, uh, what, the, more than 10 times less than that. Uh, Patrick will not be betting Forte. Yeah, you can't bet him, Patrick, obviously. No, I'm not going to bet him. 
Was that an eye roll from Pete? No, Pete's no, all good up there. Never. <laughs> Charlie. Not the Italian. Yeah, you know, I think actually a lot of our hosts have some good numbers. For me, I would We don't need the analysis. Put... Just give us a <laughs> Just kidding. Give us a number, Charlie. Just I'll kidding. Go, you know, I'll, I'll, go thir- I'll go 35. 35, all right. That would put, according to Charlie, no disrespect, Charlie, just having some fun, 9 to 5, Charlie, would be your value line, 9 to 5. I'm going to say – I'm gonna say I'm gonna say thirty, you guys. I'm gonna say thirty. That would put for me about two point three to one. So, uh, Pete, what is Forte gonna be on Saturday? I, I think he's gonna probably be close to that morning line. It's probably around. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I I do. Yeah, I mean, I do. Mm-hmm. Unless there's unless unless Mage takes some Derby money, some fun Derby money, but I don't think that's gonna happen. And not in the Travers. So I'm thinking seven to five. I think the morning line is pretty good. I'll tell you what, people are higher than I thought. Talk, talked about Forte very quickly in your top choices here, Pete. You're going one, two, seven, just to refresh everyone's memory. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you guys know I'm a Forte guy. So, and, and we talked, you talked about it, Paul, about the Jim Dandy. What did he do? This and this. He wins the races. He gets to the wire, and that's what he likes to do. And, and we talk about it with elite power earlier, too. Some horses just seem to know where the wire is, and if they're chasing somebody down, they're generally going to get there. And I think Forte is one of them. All the detractors of Forte, all they kept saying earlier in the year was he didn't improve. His buyers are no good. His buyers are crap. Now he pops 100 and a 105 in the last two. So from a buyer's standpoint, if that was your complaint, now that should at least dissipate. Whether you think the 105 was a little high or whatever, it shows some improvement. Again, I think there's enough speed between if National Treasure goes, if Scotland goes, which I'm not 100% sure what he's going to do yet. But I think Forte doesn't matter. I think as long as Irad can get him in the clear and not screw around like he did last time and get him bottled up, then I think he gets outside. And, and I think this time he'll just he'll swing him outside get him on a straight line and he's just going to outrun the rest of them. Like some other horses can work well, but they still doesn't mean they're going to beat this one. I mean, it's a difference between being fit and beating the best horse. What's interesting is we all could be right. Pete, those of us are against four. That's the thing. Yeah. He could run huge and finish second, which is what I'm hoping for, or he could win the damn thing. And and you could be right. Or, you know, who else is going, I think was it uh, uh, Charlie going with Forte also. Right. So uh, is that just the two of you? I'm trying to remember. Patrick, yeah, yeah, two of us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, listen, they can hey, be right, but I just I would never want to find out on the win end. Well, well, that's a different question. So I don't think I would question. bet Forte to win either because I generally don't bet unless you're betting a crap load of money. I generally don't bet a ton on a seven to five shot unless I think it's a lock. And I don't think I, I don't think he's a lock. I think he's properly priced he's probably a little bit you know he's probably he's definitely low for a win end bet but if you're talking about a pick five if you're talking about if odds didn't matter who do i think is going to win the race then it's still forte got it let me give my opinions then okay you want to say something yeah. go ahead. real quick because i actually have to go here uh, yeah. when we pulled the dinner so um i'm actually you know when you're backed by two of the most astute people in horse racing paul halloran and howard kravitz next to me i also had two seven one on my DRF page. I think I love that Scotland drew the outside post. I think outside speed is going to be good. Just it depends if he gets passed by the two better horses in the end, which is in my opinion, Archangelo and Forte. I agree. Our Kyle will let you go and Charlie Patch will let you go in about 30 seconds here also, but Please. Kyle, enjoy your dinner. Thanks for joining us, man. Hey, Kyle. Absolutely. We'll Thanks guys. On Saratoga, on Saratoga today. Take care. Good luck everybody. Thanks.
All right, Patrick and Charlie, let me give my opinion and I'll let you guys go. Um, I feel very strongly about this race, guys. And horse racing is about gambling and taking chances. I think Archangel is going to run the race of his life. I think he wins this race. I think he's going to sit a great trip in behind National Treasure. I think he's going to get first run on Forte. I'm hoping he's in front of Forte on the backstretch. And I think Javier is going to push the button at the right time and go by Scotland late. Guys, I think Scotland is absolutely fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. He's got major upside. He's going to sit right off a National Treasure. And, guys, I think he's going to go by National Treasure on the far turn and get first run. In fact, if someone said, Howard, who's going to have the lead at the top of the stretch of the Travers? I say Scotland. I really do. And I was right about two fills having the lead in the, in the Derby. Once in a, in a blue moon, I'm correct about these things. And I really think Scotland, guys, has a huge shot in this race. If not win, at least be very high up in the money. I think Archangelo goes by Scotland. And I'm hoping Forte either gets a little bit of trouble or just isn't quite as good as everyone thinks. I mean, he barely beat Saudi Crown, who's a good horse, but I don't think he's as good as Mage, Archangelo, and possibly Scotland. And, you know, Angel of Empire was right there too. So I have nothing against Forte. He's a great horse. I love the connections. He's just a horrible bet, and I don't think he should be anywhere near the odds he's going to be. And ultimately, guys, this is a gambling game that has to take into consideration. Any final thoughts, Charlie and Patrick, before I let you go on the Travers, on Scotland, just anything in general you guys want to say? No, I think it's going to be a great betting race. Um, you know, I do agree that Scotland is very interesting. Um, I'm just hoping Mage can uh, get back to that uh, Kentucky Derby form. I do have a few things. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, so ahead. for starters, I, I think Mage is a real threat in this race, absolutely. Um, I kind of just wanted to touch on what you were saying with Forte. That's why I was kind of happy when you did the math that you said 9-5, to because to me, that's where personally, I think Forte is like a 9-5, to 2-1. to one. I don't think you'll get that, but it's something as I've addressed on Betting and Boozing, for those of you who have watched us plenty of times, is when I like a horse like that, and I know I won't get that value, um, I think Pete also touched on this is looking it, since I'm also not someone who's going to place a ton of money is looking for other ways to then make that money. For me, I don't consistently pay pick fives. So I would probably do an exacto. I, I feel strongly about mage. I, I agree with Patrick. I think the horse could win. So maybe for me, I would probably do an exacto or maybe even a box with mage or whoever, for those of you out there, you feel strongly about with Forte. I agree with a race this talented with all these different horses. I don't think unless you're a, someone with a huge bankroll that can play that kind of money, which I as a college student can't, I'm not going to play Forte on, on my own. I think Forte is tremendous, but I think you're probably going to get somewhere from six to five to eight to five. I don't see it. Personally, with Scotland, just doesn't do it for me. The figures aren't there for me. The, the the resume isn't there for me. I think if you're looking for a more value play, which I think you kind of acknowledged a little bit, Howard, I, for me, I think disarm is the value play that you're getting at eight to one. I think I, some people in the chat have pointed out that's just a horse I wanted to highlight again. I think that's a horse that's being extremely undervalued. If I, if I am able to play this race, I'd probably be playing some exactos with Forte over Mage and Disarm, just looking for the horse I feel strongly about in Mage, uh, and then looking for some value in a horse like Disarm. That's just how I personally would be most likely playing this race. Well said. Charlie and Patrick will let you guys go. Great analysis. You can see these guys along with uh, Kyle Roscoe Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, betting and boozing. If you've not checked out their show, these young guys are tremendous handicappers, have great insight, fun people to talk to and listen uh, guys, good luck on Saturday, Patrick and Charlie. Thanks for joining the show, guys. Have a good night. Thank Have you, guys. Me. Gentlemen. All right, we got some interesting things in the chat, guys. We're not done yet. Michael Austin, 
Saudi crown is better than Archangelo? Oh, that's, that's come on. Come on, really? Michael. Come on. Hey, come, hey, on. Real, real come on. Michael, I got too much respect for you. Come on now. Howard, hey. Howard, I come want you on. to talk about something real quick because sure. generally on this show, you talk about perfect trips and not playing horses off perfect trips. Just Sometimes, wanted to get your yeah. thoughts on Archangelo did have everything go his way in the Belmont, no. I thought. He did. It was the perfect trip. No, it was a god trip. What are you talking no. about? He was in between horses. He was no, nobody cares about bit. that at this level, man. It, at it this level, he, they don't matter. He was, he, he was pulling a little bit. He did get through on the inside, no doubt about it. But he had to move a little because there was room. He had to move a little bit early. I would say, in terms of if ten is the best trip ever and one is an awful trip, I think he had about a seven or an eight. He got, a good say, he got an eight and a half, nine, nine. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. we're splitting carrots, whatever. He got well, a good trip, but he yeah. makes his own. Paul, we've talked about this. He makes his own trip. Well, that's he, what I, that's using. That's my opinion. Like yeah, that's my opinion. I just wanted you because some of the listeners might hear you. And, and I just want to make oh, sure you clarified okay. for them. Well, yeah. but I think he makes his own trip, Pete. And here's the thing. There's one other comment that I got. Uh, where, where uh, let's see here from Mike Monroe, guys. Scott will be on the lead. He's faster than National Treasure. No, no, mm. not by, not even close. I, I, I will. I, I disrespect. I, sorry, I, I respect you, Mike. I don't think so. National Treasure, by the way. Now, according to the time form, it's interesting, Mike. I'm going to retract slightly, Mike Monroe. According to the uh, early time form, National Treasure has a 94 early pace, and Scotland actually is a 103. But here's my thing, guys. There is no freaking way that Bob Baffert is going across the country with natural treasure showing up in person and raiding a horse. That is just, I know he's got blinkers off guys. He's got to be going. Don't you think? I, I, I think well, he's going. I think the go. point, the point is if Scotland wants to be on the lead, he will be on the lead. I think he's going to really? get the type of trip that you, okay. I think I don't care if he's coming from across the country or Mars I think I would give National Treasure about a 1% chance to win this race. I okay. Agree. I, I, the Preakness I, I, was historically bad. Um, he he led the Belmont in an, you know, okay pay. Hey, look, and again, Baffett, all respect to him. When he ships here, he wins. I get it. But I, I know one thing, Pete. If I could bet what they're going to be at the finish line the first time, I would box the five seven exacta for ten trillion dollars. Oh, all the money! Okay, all the money. because I don't see anyone else. You know, unless they decide to really send, try to send this on, which is not in Joel Desire, uh, Rosario's uh, DNA. Um, yeah, I, I, look at Scotland has to be in position. It's only seven horses, but he is still outside. If Scotland wants the lead, he will get the lead. I agree with Mike on that. I don't think he needs to get the lead. I think he's a better horse than National Treasure. I think he has way more upside than National Treasure. Uh, he's a grandson of Curlin, which makes him special to me. Uh, uh, I, But I think he gets Howard the trip that you – think he's going to get but if junior alvarado wakes up saturday morning and says i want to go the lead he can go to the lead but, but paul do you think that would be detrimental because you figure national yeah, treasure I don't think he has to. Yeah. but i'm thinking yeah if national treasure isn't the type of horse to maybe right. let him go either so if they yeah. if he then pushes him does that sort of take away from scotland's yeah. chances unfortunately yeah. 
I think Scotland's best chance, guys, is to raid off a national treasure. Me, me, I agree. Yeah, um, so I'm with I, you, I, Howard. I think he has the lead in the lane. I think he plus, gets first run. Plus, another thing we haven't talked about, Scotland, the furthest he's gone is a mile and eighth. And I think Mott knows they doesn't want to burn him up early going a distance further than he's gone. And that might be a slight concern. And so I think they'd rather have him rate for that reason instead of going to lead, having National Treasure come around, put pressure nope. on Scotland, and having to get another furlong. I agree with you, Pete, about that. So it'll be it, – actually, i got to be honest. We're, it's sort of a silly argument because I don't really give a fine, you know, what where Scotland is. I just want him to run big. I think he's going to run, run very well. Speaking of haunting, this is where Tappet Trace wins and Howard melts to nothing, according to Michael Austin. No, I'm separated. Paul's got the annulment papers out. If he wins, he wins. Good luck to him. Say, Pete. He's got blinkers, well, he's got the blinkers on, right? He's got the blinkers. Yeah. So. He changed to Jose Ortiz. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think the hope for Tappet Trice fans is that the blinkers sort of takes away some of his goofiness or whatever yeah. you want to, whatever you want to call it. And but that's again, that's a shot you're taking in a race against some pretty good horses. That's maybe something you want to do in a and maybe against a little bit lower competition. For the audio listeners, guys, I'm just going to very quickly rattle off what's on the bottom of the screen, then we'll end the show. Our uh, our these are our pick fives for. Saturday again. If you are an audio listener, you probably best go on YouTube so you can see them. But I'm just going to rattle them off very quick as they go across the screen. My pick five on Saturday: one, two, four, five, six, eight, nine, ten, twelve, thirteen. With six, with six, seven, with one, three, seven, with one, two, seven. Paul is two, four, six, seven, with three, four, six, with four, six, seven, with three, seven, with two, four, seven. Pete is two four five six seven nine twelve with three four six with six seven with three seven with one two. Feel free to go ahead and rewind that back as I rattle it off uh, pretty quickly. I guess looking at our pick fives guys at the bottom of the screen, and let me actually well I'll just keep scrolling. I'm singling Arabian Lion. Paul, you're not singling anyone, and Pete not singling anyone. It's just. It's funny, smaller fields, but it, according to you guys, tough to find a single. Yeah, yes. I mean, you, you know, you you could if, if you were so inclined, you know, you could go uh, in the ballerina. Uh, you know, you could certainly pick one of those two, and, and in a caveman, you probably should. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I would yeah, Paul, be. Who would you would you single anyone, Paul, in your ABCs? Just for the record, for everybody. If if I was if I had to single in this sequence, Pete, I would single Echo Zulu. Uh, Pete, if you had to single Forte, I, I think maybe Arabian Lion too. I, I mean, I I agree. I, I think just because I I think he's gonna he's gonna run big because I Echo Zulu I think is the best horse and I think is probably might win probably going to win the race i think just tactically but i'm i'm rooting for goodnight olive and i think goodnight olive is awesome goodnight olive is a serious that's a serious serious uh, horse right i mean i like horses that just run other horses down paul and and we have a few of those on this card today so i'm excited for that We've had a lot of great comments. Let me end the show with this, guys. We've had a lot of fun. Listen, we like to, get, like to give each other a little crap. And you viewers at home, people in the chat, we'll give you a little crap too. You can give it back to us. That's part of horse racing. The great thing about this game is you, there are many great opinions out there. Hopefully, for our, you know, for our individual sakes, we hope we're right. But obviously, some of us are going to be right 
Some of us are be long. Everyone out there at home, we really appreciate all your strong opinions that you bring to the show. We like to have a lot of fun. I think you guys, uh, we wouldn't have the show if it weren't for our fantastic viewers, whether you're in the chat or not, and our audio listeners. It's been fantastic. And Pete and Paul, first time we had the Bet and Boozing guys on, everyone together. A little verklempt inside, a little emotional for me. Very cool to have everyone on. These young guys bring it. And like I said to them on Wednesday, guys, they don't need me to keep patting them on the back, but I, I went on the chat Wednesday. They were good handicappers before, but since January, they have improved their handicapping and their explanation of their picks tenfold. And if people at home are not watching Ben and Booz on Wednesdays, guys, they're really missing out. These guys give great picks show after show, and they've proven it on the power picks as well. Yeah, that's I agree with that. Oh, and I spent some time with pick five Brian today, by the way. Pick five, one of, Brian. pick five Brian was one of our fans from Monmouth County. Uh, oh. He was in the uh, – he and I chatted for a while in the four-star Dave today. I was in there doing a little work. I have my, have my satellite office in there. Hello, and, pick five uh, he, Brian. Pick five Brian was alive three for three in the pick six. I don't know if he uh, if he got to Evie Jets in the penultimate yeah, that, leg. I, I didn't see him because I had to go down and cover that race. But uh, I, don't, I don't even want to hear my whining that I had fluffy socks in like a lot of ways. But anyway, who, what, what, who knows? I thought I was a winner mid-stretch, and then I just found a way to close from 10 back, even though he's never done it before. But what the hell? She, anyway. She, just for the record. Oh, she. Dang Isn't it. it. Aren't they? Are they Wait, she's? Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah right? absolutely she. Well, could you see you see the Rosario ride, which is even more fun. Was the was the Rosario ride? A consumer spending was loaded, man. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh everyone out there, but woo, that was a doozy. Hey, real quick, we had another one early on Sunday too for uh, for uh, oh, now I just lost my, now I'm blurry. Okay, real real quick before you sign us off, I know you guys are probably. I don't know, is it you two on Saratoga? Oh, we're not doing Saratoga today, tomorrow on Fridays anymore. I was just going to ask because they have the twenty cent pick six. Who do you guys like in the personal ensign if you're going to play? Great question. Yeah, because they're for everybody. Howard mentioned it earlier. (sighs) There's a twenty cent all grade one pick six, one race tomorrow, and then the five on Saturday. I'm going back to my girl Clarier. I had Nestle. Would you, last time would you single did. or would you yeah, would you single or would you how would you play uh, it in the pick five? A, Nest B, idiomatic C. Sounds right. Paul, what do you got? Pete, I, I hate to be like this, Pete, but I think people are gonna have to purchase the power picks to get my Oh, I like, <laughs> I like that. I like that. I love, no, it. I love yes. that answer. That is a good answer. Wow. The that tease. is a good although I'm not how sure. doing, Howard. How is that? Is that good, Howard? That is good. It's so hey, good. Paul, although I'm not sure choosing between a six to five and a seven yeah, to five right, is why yeah. they're pricking the power picks yeah, up. I, 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 like I think I'm going to probably land on one of those two, Pete. I like that. I, that's that's very <laughs> diplomatic. That is very diplomatic. Do you think I'll that's tell a... you what, though. It's good to have that race tomorrow. You know, they move the New York breads to Sunday to kind of give them all day Sunday. Um, and it is good that the personal ensign is tomorrow and not – you know, we got five grade ones on Saturday or six, whatever. We don't need another one. So it, it, it's good to feature those Phillies and Mayors yep. uh, tomorrow uh, on that card tomorrow. Yeah. Agreed. All right. <clears throat> well, guys, it's been a great show. We're going to uh, stop rambling on here. You've got big, you got the personal ensign tomorrow, Friday. Again, if you have not seen the show from Tuesday, episode 285, Jen Antonucci and Richard Migliori gave a lot more opinions on the Travers and talk about their own personal 
lives as well and, and rides and a lot of, you know, and training jobs. And it was really, it was one of our best shows. I think Paul kudos to you again for a great job with the interviews uh, with me. I thought it went well. So check out show 285 for my Benton and Boozen hosts, Cal Roscoe, Patrick Kunzel and Charlie Freeman. And for my wonderful co-hosts here on the flagship show, my good friend, Pete Visco and Paul Hallen, who will be at the Travers for number. How many Travers this will be for you, Paul? Oh, I got to do the math. I'm guessing around 15. All right, we'll say 15. For Paul's 15th, uh, Travers, this has been your host, Howard Kravitz, episode 286 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Check out Saratoga today, 10 a.m., half an hour earlier, Saturday morning, with the three of us talking about the early pick five and the Travers one more time. And then Sunday, our regularly scheduled 10.30 a.m. Crush your bets at Saratoga this Saturday. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country.